And on that note, uh, let's go all, all the way to the U.S. now, and that's where we find uh, Titus Williams, uh, a friend of the late Patrick Day, a boxer himself. Um, he was speaking, we saw some of his interviews last week, and we wanted to invite him on uh, the show because uh, Patrick Day's death has touched a lot of people here in South Africa. As I mentioned, they were discussing it on the TV show uh, last Friday night, and we spoke about it a, a little bit last week, and we are having the full discussion now tonight. Titus, um, good evening from us in South Africa, and uh, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us at this difficult time yes uh good evening good evening thank you for um for having me um, to um <clears throat> speak on this it's been a dark week for boxing uh titus um how has it been in freeport how has it been that side since patrick passed away um you know the energy has been like really you know low and um um you know in a sense a little bit depressing just because you know, obviously, it's still like fairly, fairly new, um, and we're just trying to figure out, you know, what direction to go to. The coach, you know, the coach, his coach, Joe Higgins is not only his coach but also um, a father figure to him. So, you know, and he's the leader of the gym. So we're trying to, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, hold themselves together and trying to see what direction that um we're gonna gonna take we had a few meetings a few prayer sessions and um but we haven't opened the gym the gym hasn't been open you know for working out or anything like that so you know right now it's it's kind of been you know very low you you said in one of your interviews uh, that we saw online that you were crushed when you heard that today was no more Uh, were you hopeful that it would come out of the of the coma was there any hope um so basically, yeah, it crushed me, man, because the day before he actually flew out um, to go to the to go to Chicago to fight, we, you know, we spoke that 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 night. We actually were in the gym together the night before he left, and we were talking. We we're in the gym six days a week, basically together. I'm um, always talking. I knew him since he was about 16 years old. Um, we came up in the amateur system together. So yeah, it, it was very surprising, and it, it really did crush me because. Even to like right now, it just it almost feels like a dream. It doesn't even feel like all the way real. Um, but yeah, um, when you get into the coma, you know I, I had faith and I, I hoped that. You no, know, actually, before the coma, when he first got you know knocked out and, it, and I heard he was taken to the hospital, you know I hoped that everything was going to be okay. I didn't really think it was going to be, you know, that severe. But I but once I started hearing you know, how serious it was. I just thought that, okay, maybe he'll never box again, all right? You know, that that was hurtful too. But at the same time, as long as he's still alive, he still can have a livelihood. He can still have a family one day. He can still have children one day. He can still be successful. Maybe he could be a boxing analyst or a commentator or something like that. Mm-hmm. But once I heard, like, you know, it was as severe it was, the severity of the situation, it, like, you know, really, really crushed me. And I was, you know, I was getting updates um, from people that were actually there with him at the hospital. Because um, I live in New York and, you know, the fight was in Chicago, so I couldn't be there. But I was getting updates from, you know, people that was with him. And, you know, I just put my faith in God and, and just allowed, you know, uh, I thought, you know, God may bring him through. But I just, you know, asked God to have it, have his way in the situation because at the end, ultimately, you want what's best for God. You know, and what, what the Patrick Day that we know is the, sh- the strong, always in shape, super fit, always smiling, um, n- nutritionist, 
always cooking, um, just always working really, really hard at at his at his craft and making making the best of himself. Always at every workout. So, you know, ultimately it'd be it would really hurt to see him, you know, maybe in a wheelchair and not be able to not you know with brain damage and stuff like that. Like we've seen other boxers become as a result of brain injuries. So I just I, I got to a point where it was like, all right, if God doesn't bring out him out this coma, um, you know, and, and, and he has a good relationship with God from what I know. So I, I know he's in a better place. So I just, you know, wanted God to have his way with Patrick. In in his last press conference, Titus, before the fight, he said, people look at me, they look at my demeanor and say, oh, you're such a nice guy, well-spoken. Why do you choose to box? And um, I, I also believe, you mentioned that he was a nutritionist. I also believe that he had an associate degree in nutrition. He also had a bachelor's in health and wellness, uh, doing online classes and and, 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 and that. Um, why did he f- want to fight? Because people are saying he could have focused on, on other stuff, like he's saying himself. Um, I, I could only answer I could only answer that from a personal experience situation because I have an associate's degree in business administration mm. and I have a, a bachelor's degree in economics. But I choose to box because my whole life I grew up in sports. All I knew was sports. And then after high school, when there were no more sports for me, um, I felt I felt empty. I felt incomplete. I wasn't doing what I loved, which was being active, which was being an athlete. So um, I could only equate that to the feeling that Patrick uh, may have felt because Patrick, you know, yes, he was a smart guy. Yes, he could have did so much other things than box. But when you have a passion for something, you can't, you know, wake up without thinking about it. I think you should go and do it. And um, it's not just about, because, you know, they say some people live, you know, some people just exist and some people live. And I think that when Patrick boxed, he was living. You know, that gave him life. You know what I mean? So, yes, he could have went and been a nutritionist for maybe another boxer or something like that. But that's not the way he chose to, to, to that's not the path and the direction that he chose for his life to reach his true happiness. Hmm. And um, have you had a chance to speak to the to the boxer that he fought against, Charles Cornwall? We saw that he penned a letter last week and we actually read it on air and he was really, really hacked. Or has he reached out to the family? You said, have I reached out to... Um, no, I was saying, has, uh, has Connell reached out to the Day family? Or have you spoken to him oh, in any I, way? I, I, I don't... I spoke to some of the family. Um, you know, I sent my, my condolences. I sent my love. You know, I uh, told them to let them know I'm praying, praying for them if they need um, you know, anything. They can definitely reach out to me and, and a few others um, that they know. Um, I, you know, sometimes you just got to give people their space. Mm. You don't want to overcrowd them. I know that they're, they're dealing with so much right now. So right now, just as long as they know that, you know, they have us in their corner, they have the moral support, and that we're just one call away. And every once in a while, I'll send a, a, you know, a nice little encouraging message to uh, his brothers and, and, and things like that. But um, and but the boxer that, he's, that he fought, I don't, I don't know him personally. Mm. I don't know him personally. I know he, he released his statements and things like that. I'm... I can only imagine how he feels. Mm. I've, I've been praying for him as well because I couldn't imagine being in that position either. You know what I mean? He didn't mean to do that. We both, you know, we both voluntarily go into the ring. We both work hard. And at the end of the day, we both know that we're putting our life on the line every single time we go into that ring. And, you know, unfortunately, this ended tragically. Um, but, you know, this young man is not, 
you know, he's not a bad guy. He's not the enemy. You know what I mean? So my prayers go out to him and his family as well. Yeah, part of part of that letter from Connell reads, I prayed for you so many times, I shed so many tears because I couldn't even imagine how my family and friends would feel. I see you everywhere I go and all I hear is wonderful things about you, Patrick Day. I thought about quitting boxing, but I know that's not what you would want. Um, is, is, is Do you think that's what Patrick Day would have wanted? I know it's a difficult question, uh, but his trainer also came out to comment on this. Do you think that he would have encouraged Connell to continue? I think that he would have he would have um, encouraged um, Carmel to continue because um, you know ultimately you know it was it was it was it was an accident you know it was a mistake it wasn't intentional um, they both went in there competing as professional athletes they know you know we they both know what they signed up for so I do believe that Patrick um, would have absolutely informed him and, you know, gave him advice to continue boxing. Like, even with myself, when I first heard, it made me a little, like, nervous. I was actually supposed to fight this weekend coming up. Um, um, but, you know, thank God that fight got postponed because I wouldn't be having be, been able to get in the ring right now and handle business the way I'm supposed to. Yeah. And But I, within that, I felt, I'm taking this whole thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm as fuel. Like Patrick would have wanted me to continue. You know what I mean? Even though it's a little scary, you know, because it's hitting so close to home. But Patrick would have wanted me to continue. Would Patrick want me to stop boxing? No. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that energy and his spirit into the ring with me, and I'm going to push my career going forward. And I believe he would have told uh, Cromwell to push his career going forward as well. Finally, Patrick's death has touched a lot of people around the world. As you can hear, we're calling you from South Africa now. How would you like him to be remembered? Um, as an angel, man, he really was. As far as personality, one of the purest uh, men I've I've ever met in my life. Um, from day one, consistent. Just he was a very nice young man, very uh, motivated. Uh, like I said, he, he like you said as well. He, Box. He went to school. You know, he was a nutritionist. He took care of himself. He was, um, he was definitely like a, a great, a, a great man. Like dedicated. He focused on his his goals, his passion. Um, he he pushed forward. You know what I mean? Hmm. He was, as you can see, as we all know, as a as a when you're a young man trying to grow up, you're trying to figure out life. He was somebody that was figuring out his life and putting it together and going about it the right way. He didn't take the easy way, he took the hard way. He took the committed way, he dedicated himself to what he loved. So I think Patrick would would absolutely tell younger people and people all over to go after what you love, pursue your passion, and go forward and trust God. Titus Williams, thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us here in South Africa. We really appreciate it. And uh, once again, our condolences to you and the Day family and everybody in the gym. Thank you very much. And I'm very honored to have this opportunity um, to be a part of your radio station. Thank you very much. Thank you, Titus Williams, there, boxer himself and a friend of the later Patrick Day. We're going to speak to Mr. Lois Omkia after the break. You can keep your voice notes coming through. We did ask, uh, do you, with the rules and regulations need to be looked at? Let's hear this voice note that's come through on 061 4104 107. 
SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, let's take this conversation further now and just get the thoughts of a former boxer, an administrator and a trainer, a boxing expert, Mr. Loiso Mkia. And we want to find out whether the rules should be looked at or or will that take away from all the sport and, and what it's about. And we've actually got a voice note that's come through before we speak to Taloid on 061-4104-107. That's our WhatsApp number. Hi, my name is Fisher. Well, I would like to talk about boxing. I think boxing um, should be banned completely because uh, um, we have seen so many people dying as, as a result of this sport. So I think uh, the body should, should sit down and think about it because, uh, you know, we're losing too much people. Okay, thanks for that uh, voice note, Fisher. Uh, Deloid, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. Thank you for having me. Well, we were reading a stat earlier on that there have been four deaths um, this year alone in the boxing community. Um, is that shocking or or does it come with the nature of the sport? Death is always very shocking. Death never makes sense. But uh, boxing, as it is a brutal sport, we, we, we always expect something to, 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 to happen, but... Uh, we don't uh, really expect it. In fact, every time it happens, we are like, wow. A lot of measures have been taken to try and curb the, the, the casualties and fatalities, but, uh, you know, it never stops. Mm. You are a boxer yourself, Loiso Mkia. I mean, as a boxer, do you always go into, you go into the ring thinking how dangerous the sport is at the back of your mind? We know that uh, there's always death. We know that there's always an injury. And uh, a lot of uh, precautions are made even in the gyms. But uh, all the time, as a boxer, you, you, you always put that at the back of your mind. You never think it will happen to you. And uh, again, even when it finally happens to somebody close to you, it is never uh, something that jacks you up to say, hey, let me stop this. It, 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 it just never just looking at the death of Patrick Day that's made headlines around the world, um, he was knocked down twice in the fight before the last blow in the 10th round. Um, should the fight have been stopped early? That's what the other argument is after taking so many blows uh, to the head because we've seen in like UFC or MMA, when they take a few blows to the head, they stop the fight. There is always a lot of arguments about that when fights are stopped. If fights are stopped early, people will always be complaining that the fight has stopped too early. If fights are stopped too late, people are always complaining that fights uh, are, are stopped too, too too late. That is the nature of the game because uh, the, the, the the discretion really lies with three people. Mm-hmm. It lies with the referee. It lies it lies with the corner, and it lies with the boxer himself. Because the doctors, you find that the doctors are the last people to be called to this thing when the boxers already fallen, or in a lot of cases they get called for cuts. But those people should be given more say in uh, whether the fight should be stopped uh, or not. But if you look at uh, how fights are going, it, it, when, a, when a fight is brutal and there's a lot of beating and the people are getting knocked around and all of that, when the fight is finally stopped, a lot of people, and some people, especially in fact, the corners of the boxers, and the boxers particularly themselves, they always complain that they could have gone on. Mm. And uh, if the fight now has not been stopped and something, and something happens, then a whole lot of new questions. Look, for instance, Tyson Fury. 
everybody is regarding him in, uh, in a very, very um, a courageous and all of that because he was knocked like very badly in that round by uh, by, by, by Wilder. Mm. But he came back and still drew the fight. But a lot of people are saying that was very good, showed the courage of a soldier and all of that. And again, nine out of ten referees would have stopped that fight because of the way he fell. But now that he didn't, he didn't get injured and he came back and fought to a draw, a lot of people are calling him courageous. But can you imagine what it, that would have happened if, after having been knocked down, he would have come up and get, them, get brutally beaten and get knocked out again? Again, it would go back to that referee again as to why didn't he stop the fight? You mentioned the roles of the ref of the corner and the boxer. How how do they work then when it comes to such decisions? In, as a trainer or in the corner, do you talk to the boxer first or do you as the corner feel that enough is enough when your boxer is taking a beating? There, there, there are times when the corner knows that the boxer is, is, is getting a beating to nothing and in fact is on the brink of getting hurt. And a lot of times they tell the boxer, if, if this goes on like this in the next round, we are going to stop the fight. And you find a lot of times that the boxer will say, no, 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 don't, don't stop the fight. I am still going on. But sometimes if now it comes suddenly, a big punch gets him and he gets hit and a whole lot of blows come. Now they don't have to talk to the boxer at that time. They've got to, 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 to make a decision to stop the fight. Sometimes such decisions are taken too late. Sometimes in the view of some people, such, or maybe the boxer himself, such decisions are taken but yes, sometimes you actually talk to the boxer and say, man, we are getting a very big beating. And if this thing goes on even in the next round, I'm going to stop the fight. We had a voice note here from Fisher that says that um, a boxing should be banned. It's dangerous. Uh, what do you make of these calls? Is the criticism justified? Is it understandable? It's not justified. Because... We always ask the same question. Why pick on boxing? There are a whole lot of things that are dangerous. Driving a car itself is dangerous. But who said that people must not drive cars? Flying is dangerous. And then if you get into other sports codes, like racing and all of that, it is also dangerous. Why pick on boxing? The only thing those people can do is to try and get closer to the sport and try and advise as to whether and to advise on how to make the sport safer, rather than saying that uh, this sport must be banned. Because truth of the matter, again, is that the very same sport has made a big difference to a lot of people. Mm. Because it is taken as a career, it is a life-changing career to a lot of people. And there are, lot, there are people who know nothing else but boxing. And there are people who do not even get the, the, the opportunities to go to school to be educated. But boxing education gives them I was about to touch on that. So are you saying that the the good in boxing basically outweighs uh, the bad as it does so much good for young people, keeping them off the streets and away from the social ills? It does a lot. Because if you look at boxing and youth development, there is a lot that boxing can offer. In fact, there is a lot that boxing has offered when it comes to the development of the youth of, 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 of our country. Because some of the untold stories uh, the, the, the rules and the regulations that the boxers undergo in the gyms. It may not, we, we, we may not stop and say, now we are going to petition you. But as the boxers are going on training, 
Every day, boxers are told to stay away from drugs. Every day, boxers are told to keep very good hours in terms of uh, working, training, and sleeping. Every day, boxers are told how to go on with their lives. And uh, in a lot of, 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 of situations, it has, it has come out on top. Maybe what we could go on and do going forward is to try and make it more professional, not to just go about it as we train, not to go about it as we say, yes, do this, no, do that, but make it more professional. But there is a lot in boxing that people can get. If you've just joined us, we're talking to Mr. Loyiso Mkia, a trainer, former boxer, former administrator, of course, at Boxing South Africa also. We're just uh, talking uh, in the wake of Patrick Day's death about how to make the sport safer. Some are saying that it's too dangerous and they're calling for it to be banned. And uh, we are welcoming your calls on 0891-104-207. Where do you stand in uh, this debate? You can send us voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. And we've got Malibongo Tokwe on the line calling us from Johannesburg. Malibongo, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us. Hey, Kabisho. Thanks for having the show. And hello to everyone. What's your comment? Where do you stand here in this uh, in this conversation? Look, um, for me, Kabisho, I would like to mention first that uh, boxing might come across as a sport that takes lives away from young people that are maybe terrible and unacceptable. Um, but we must also bear in mind that there are so many lives that um, have groomed up and provided for their families just because of the very same damning and unforgiving sport. So if you follow, for an example, a story of Wiani Bongo, how he grew up, I do not think um, we'll be talking or mentioning him in your show if it was not for boxing. And Mike Tyson himself, one of the guys I believe is maybe the most popular guy in the sport, um, he, he is also... Um, because of the very same sport. I think what we need to do, we need to put the precaution measurements collectively. It must not be the finger point to the ref. It must not be the finger point to the boxer, not the finger point to the man that is looking after his boxer in the corner. For an example, if you think Griffith and Benny Parrott, if that fight was stopped by the ref before um, the 20th, punch that was thrown to Benny Perret, then would survive. The fight Charles Nowell and Melon Sterling, um, and Nowell died, but that could have been cause of the dehydration because going to that fight, he struggled to make the weight. Same thing applied when Johnny Owen fought Lupe Pinto. He also struggled to make the weight. Mm. But now, we need to make sure, for an example, that the fighters are healthy when they are going to the fight. Mm. We also need to teach the fighters to defend themselves. Because most of the time in these days of boxing, it is very popular to see a guy with three professional fights fighting in the very top magnitude of the sport. And one has to understand that these are the risks we will have to deal with. Because, And I'm not saying that every day... Um, and tragedy was due to the reasons mm. I'm putting. I'm just highlighting the things we can do collectively as boxing people to at least minimize the likelihood of this tragedy. And um, for me, um, it's um, the matter of people do supposed to Okay, let's leave it there. The line is failing us, but we had most of what you had to say there, Malibongo Dog. We've also got a voice note. Uh, do we go to the voice note? Let's go there. Good evening to you and the 
Okay, I think we had uh, the gist of that. Also agrees with the previous one um, uh, that uh, they don't agree with that boxing must be bent. Lloyd, when we spoke to Bongani Makasela earlier on, he mentioned that during your time as the acting CEO on Boxing SA, you were actually uh, very hands-on with this matter. You you came with some suggestions uh, uh, regarding MMA fighters. They had to do medicals. Uh, what were you trying to do at the time? Uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to make the sport as safe as possible. Because there is a very thin line between making the sport exciting and interesting to the people, and at the same time, making the sport, uh, uh, allowing the sport to be dangerous or less dangerous. So, whatever you have to do is to, you, you do whatever you do without actually taking out that flavor, that atmosphere that the people want. Because in the end, the people want excitement. They pay for excitement. They pay to see that blood. But us as the boxing people, it is our duty to make sure that the boxers are protected as much as is possible. So it is within our rules as the administrators. It is also within uh, uh, it is our duties as the managers and trainers in the, in, in, in the gyms. And at the same time now, the very same people now that we are talking about, the boxers themselves, to make the sport as safe as we can. Okay, we've got another voice note. Evening there, Mr. M.C. from Holland. The rules can be adjusted, but the contact sport will always be dangerous. In any sport, where there's contact, will always be dangerous. And also, when the player says, or an athlete says they want to go on, and there's a coach who says they need to come out, those people are willing to die for that sport. Just take Papi Fati for an example. He went on the field when he was told by the doctors to say, don't go on the field, your heart might stop. Thank you, Tulan from Holland. Okay, thanks for that, uh, Tulani. The second person to make a comparison or uh, with uh, Papi Fati, of course, the former Pitfest Vets player, the Burundi International. On that note, uh, Deloitte, there have been some suggestions that headgear be used in pro boxing like they do in amateur ranks. Is this even an option? And maybe you can explain why amateurs wear headgear and pros don't. But uh, if you look, if you look at, at it that way, you will see that even then, it has either been stopped or it has been watered down a bit with the amateurs themselves. Because there was a time when it was a very, very strict rule, every amateur fight they would have. But we find that now, even in, 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 in the big fights, world title fights, Olympics and all of that, they are trying or they have tried to, to, to water down the, 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 the headgear. Because... Uh, boxing itself is a, is a, is a, is a skill, is a, is a presentation of skill. And some of the presentation goes to the, 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 the defense of the boxer. So if now you have got to protect the head with uh, head guards, what are the guards for? What are the gloves for, for your hands for protecting yourself, your moving your head and all of that? Because that is exactly what the people want. I would look at not only I would look at not uh, reintroducing the headguards, mm-hmm. but looking at the padding of the gloves. 
because the padding of the gloves sometimes becomes the most dangerous part in boxing. You have a whole lot of, of, of designs, your Everlast, your Reyes, your Winning, your Grant, and some people will tell you that this kind of glove is a knockout glove. The mere fact that they say this kind of glove is a knockout, is a knockout glove, it means that somewhere in it, in its design and its padding, the danger lies there. I, 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 I would look at that rather than uh, reintroducing the headguard, like they did with the amateurs, introducing the headguard to the boxers, but I would look at the padding of the boxers. Okay. And at the same time, mm-hmm. would have to make some strict rules in terms of, they are supposed to be strict in terms of turning boxers professional, because that is why they are amateurs, that is why they are professionals, and they are tested before they get the professionals. And one of the foremost requirements there is to be able to protect themselves, to use their movements, their heads and all of that as defense. Okay, for the sake of time, I want to play you a clip from Dan to and get your reaction after this. In a fashion no one has ever seen. His life is on the line for this fight, and I do mean his life. You still trying to get that body on your, your record? Still trying to get me a body on my record. <laughs> hey, Dominique Brazil asked for this. I didn't go seek him, he seeked me. So if it comes, it comes. This is a brutal sport. This is not a gentleman's sport. I keep saying this is not a gentleman's sport. We don't ask to hit each other in the face, but we does anyway. And you can ask any doctor around the world, and he'll tell you the head is not meant to be hit. Anybody can go. And on this particular time, we have bad blood against each other. This is the only sport where you can kill a man and get paid for it at the same time. It's legal. So why not use my right to do so? I mean, is that even allowed, Deloitte? Well, uh, I've never seen anything written against that. I just regard that as war talk, declaration of war and war talk, because I don't think at the end of the day, anybody really means to kill anybody. But again, you also realize that the people that actually do that talking, your Muhammad Ali, your Mike Tyson, they become very popular, especially when they are able to back up what they say with what they do in the ring. But when it actually comes now to getting somebody to get killed, all the people who have uh, had opponents die at their hands never said they were going to kill those guys. All the guys who have always said that I'm going to kill you, they never kill anybody, but they beat everybody up, they stop everybody. But again, coming into boxing, you know that I'm coming to a brutal game. And if there was any point of saying people must be arrested when they have uh, actually Uh. injured or or killed somebody, well, it is not in boxing. So I don't think there should be anything or anything said with regard to what did you say? Okay, let's leave it there. We are out of time. It is time for news. Thank you, Lois Omkia, for speaking to us. It's nil-nil between Sundowns and Highlands Park. After 30 minutes, we're back again tomorrow between 7 and 8.